is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm going to I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wenzel. Good night. Gentlemen, this is Hi above the city of Smogville. This is World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton SLC. And I am Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a very lucrative contract to record the greatest podcast of all time, the world champion of podcasts. We are ever tinkering with the greatness. Just when you think it can't get any greater, we make it one louder on the greatness knob. Notch it up. We notch it up. Talk about anything and everything we feel like. You never know what you're going to get. We are wrapping up right now Harrison Ford month. Sad. It is kind of sad. I'm going to miss it. I'm getting a little misty. Uh, Maybe it can be an annual thing. (laughs) Maybe we can just be the Harrison Ford cast. I don't know. (laughs) I think that would be very interesting, but we would get bored. Before know. we get to the one with Gene it, Wilder, it could be it could be an experiment the way we, just an experiment where we go insane, yeah, week after week after week. It could be studied, like those videos of stalkers that that end up going crazy, yeah, and then they the the police later find the video and there's hundreds of hours. We start out talking about Harrison Ford and pretty soon we're just going to be rambling and speaking in tongues, yeah. It really, I mean, that's the thing we kind of joke. You never know what we're going to get, and I, it's because. Well, to peel back the curtain, we, we got to stay interested in what we're doing. We never know what we're going to get. We never know what we're going to get. And um, to think of those guys that do say, I'm not going to name any examples, but let's say there's a beloved movie series that now has eight, almost nine entries in it, mm-hmm. and they're discussing it one minute at a time, every yeah. every entry. Or say there's a famous and prolific horror author, and you're discussing all his short stories, his books, and his movies. And you're creating a very great podcast to listen to, but I could not do that. Yeah, that's, that takes a lot of single-minded dedication. I might walk out halfway through this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. We, we should wish everyone what they're dreaming of, and that's a brown Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that song. Yep. That, um, uh, it's, just, it's, it's just acapella and a snare drum. Usually sang by our beloved mayor, Screwy Max Duck. Right. So just kind of imagine a Donald Duck voice going. <laughs> See, that's the best duck I can do. Yeah. I'm dreaming of a brown Christmas. Alvin Ringo. <laughs> yep. So it is, you know, with all the beloved smog we have around here, the snow tends to turn a little bit on the brown side. So we call it a brown Christmas. It's a great, great, wonderful time of year. It's the happiest time of year. The Orphans of Smogville, as you know, if you've been a good orphan, working hard in that mine, you will get a lump of coal for Christmas. Yeah, it's every kid's dream. Mm-hmm. If you're really bad, you just get pistachio shells in your stocking. Right, but I mean, every, every kid in Smogville hopes to wake up, run down the stairs, and find that lump of coal. So it's a, it, it just warms the heart to even think yeah. about 
And we have a wonderful annual tradition here. We're in the town square, and this will tie into what we're talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. They do a, a viewing in town square for all the orphans. They get a half an hour off work to watch part of this film to see Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, with all with a you, you get one hot potato and a lot of hot bubbly water. Well, and the really nice thing too is they all get uh, a personal little campfire mm-hmm. to ensure the smogginess of the whole affair. Right. So you, when the projector, you can see that beam of light from the projector. Right. And you get your potato and your hot bubble water. And these little kids get to to watch a, what what it would be like, you know, in a perfect world where they could only work sixty or seventy hours a week in these mines. In an exotic mine, in no an less. exotic mine. It, yeah, it is. It's like who doesn't want to work in a mine in like Hawaii or in South America in yeah. the jungle, you know? Well, and the great news is too. I checked the forecast uh, through the weather service. We are not going to get a single drop of wind, mm-hmm. or rain, or clouds in the next uh, fourteen days, as forecasted. Oh, so wow. this smog layer that's above us right now. Ooh, it's, it's gonna stick. It's gonna be thick on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, that's great. Well, oh, that, yeah. that's a brown Christmas that we're hoping for. Yeah. So uh, hey, anyone out there in our t- if you're at the drive-through, just keep that car running. <laughs> even if, even if you go to bed, even if you want to go home and t- t- you know just lock your car, take your extra key, leave it running, go home and get a, yeah. a nice eight hours of sleep. Not in your garage. Only if it's right, outside. Right. 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 Please don't do anything really stupid. But right. do contribute to the smog layer above your city. Yeah. When you're in line at, at Arby's, just right. leave that car running. I don't care if there's 17 cars ahead of you. Uh, like Christmas is not going to make itself brown on its own, you know? <laughs> so, uh, le- Harrison Ford month, the final week. I, le- like I said in the intro, I'm getting a little misty. I'm, yeah. it's, it's sad to leave this beloved actor icon behind, at least for the time being. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, a movie eight years in the making. Wow. No, eight? What are you talking about? I mean, they started working on this in the year 2000. No, but they the script was w- written in 1993. Not one of the scripts. Well, no, I mean, I, the first of like didn't... 40 variations. That's what it. I mean is like 40 drafts. I thought it wasn't until 2000 that they were like, let's actually do this. The first. We'll get into the making of it afterwards. Yeah. But I, before we get started, I do want to kind of warn the listeners that this – we don't usually get political on, on World <laughs> Champion Podcast, yeah. but this episode is going to have a lot of Russian collusion in it. So much Russian collusion. So, you know, be aware if that gets you kind of upset when you hear about that. But, I mean, life is politics sometimes, and Indiana Jones gets mixed up in that at times. What I think is so interesting about this, almost 10 years removed, and I haven't seen it since I saw it opening weekend in the theaters. I have an interesting... I tell oh, I know. When I saw it? Yeah, well, I want to say, before, okay. before, before we hear that, because that's my favorite story ever. <laughs> it's a horrible story, but it's my favorite story ever. The big movie of the summer of 2008 was, of course, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Sort of second, a thing a lot of people were curious about. Mm-hmm. They've taken a sort of C-list comic book Marvel character... And this is after, you know, I mean, there's the X-Men movies are okay. X-Men Last Stand wasn't very good. These Fantastic Four movies are terrible. Right. Oh, we got the Dark Knight. That's nice. But come on, Marvel. Are you going to be a participate, participant in this uh, movie mm-hmm. thing? You're taking one of your C-list characters. You're casting Robert Downey Jr. <sighs> Has been hack drug sort addict. Sort of drug addict. Maybe best known for for i don't know comedy mm-hmm. chaplain at this point yeah, probably. chaplain everybody's favorite chaplain <laughs> and uh just in hindsight like if you had a time machine you're like no crystal skull is gonna bother everybody 
and it's going to make everybody sad and Iron Man is going to be the biggest movie ever. I was and I remember in a roundabout I, way. I remember hearing about it and thinking what? You're going with Iron Man? No, but the good news is it's directed by the guy from Swingers. <laughs> the star of Swingers is directing it. It is kind of unbelievable to say yeah. it now, to, to remember how the world was before the Marvel Universe. And now it's it's all there is. It's the only movies we have. There's it's, 70 of them. It's kind of like the BCAD or or what's it called now? BC, BC, BCE or something? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the, the, Be- before Common Era mm-hmm. and Common Era. BCE right. and, and CE, yeah. We need to kind of shift. For a scientific look at it. We need whatever. to shift that, you know, in, in a thousand years from now, when they're teaching history class, it's going to be BMU and and BMUE for Bavore Marvel Universe and Bar. Bar- <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> BAFTER Marvel Universe. Yeah, era. I, don't think you, I don't think you worked that out <laughs> quite right, but. <laughs> but I'll just call it B-I- BMU and BMUE. It makes perfect sense. Well, it doesn't matter. They might have a new word. It's the future. Robert Downey Jr., the Harrison Ford of of the next 50 generations, Mm -hmm. the most beloved, highest paid, well-respected movie star. Oh, yeah. That was the same year. Yeah, same same summer, 2008, yeah. Okay, let's... Should we get right into the movie? Well, Break it down? Should we talk about the one we saw this film? Yeah, mine was sort of uneventful. I saw it with a couple buddies, uh... Everyone in the theater by the end was noticeably exasperated. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts out and there's clapping and cheering, and by the end, a little kid is yelling, "This is dumb!" And I, wow, really? He said what? What he specifically said during the scene with the ants as he went, "That's not real," <laughs> like a five year old or whatever. Maybe that was uh, Henry. It was regarding Henry in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was real. Oh, oh, so. When I saw it, I was ex- everyone is excited. Let's let's rewind time back to 2008. Anyone who was alive was excited for a new Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, it was like a dream come true. After leaving us on the, the high note of of the Last Crusade, 19 years earlier. Yeah, which is, in my opinion, I don't know. Arguably, even arguing with myself is maybe the best one. It's really fun. It's, it's really the most good. Fun. Raiders of the Lost Ark is unbelievable. Raiders of the Lost Ark is the perfect film it, and the perfect script. It pretty much is. The Last Crusade is so fun. So everyone's excited. I am in the middle of uh, of having cancer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the day it, it came out, I wanted to see it opening day because I didn't. I'm, I hate being spoiled, but I had a bone marrow surgery oh scheduled the same day. But I checked the times, and I thought, okay, I'll be in, getting surgery at this time. I'm like, I can still make a 7 o'clock show that night. So I get, I get this bone marrow surgery. I'm still coming out of it. I'm drugged up out of my mind, and, and we go and see this movie. And I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater, Dr- just, just drugged up. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't. I sort of couldn't believe it was real because as it opens, the first thing you see is like, oh, we're watching Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah. There's a little gopher. That's an odd start. It's yeah. an odd start. But as it got more and more over the top and ridiculous, I couldn't figure out if it was drugs or if it was the film. So you're like that kid on YouTube. I, yeah, I was exactly like that. I was David after Dennis. Yeah. I was Sean after Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Yeah. I, I kept turning to my girlfriend and, and saying like, is, is this happening? <laughs> The three waterfalls, especially, I remember being like, yeah. "Am I tripping out? What they keep going over waterfalls over and over." And so, I 
I don't remember how I felt about it. I could tell it was awful, but I sort of felt like it was a dream. Yeah. But my girlfriend contends that I was having a blast. Oh, good. And this viewing of it, 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 it you know, 10 years later, I had a blast this time watching okay, it. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I had a really interesting experience where it was simultaneously better than I thought, worse than I thought, and I, I, I don't know. I felt like I got all the knowledge. Like I gazed yeah, into an alien's it eye. Was. Because I, I think I've, I've pinpointed so many things where it went wrong. Yes, not just like exactly. that was dumb or that was silly, but like really, I felt like like genius film analyst. Like this is why it's not working, and this Man. is how you can make it better. You said it because I had the same experience. Yeah. It was yeah. much better than I remembered, but it was also much worse. Yeah, really bizarre, but yes. So, all right, let's get into it. Um, okay, so yeah, the Paramount logo in these movies, famously, the Paramount logo fa- uh, does a. Uh, cross dissolve into a mountain mm-hmm. or or a sculpture of a mountain on a gong. <laughs> uh, this one, it's a little gopher hill, and then mm. a cute little gopher comes out and waves hello to the crowd, and that's a real interesting way to start it's this. A, it's off to a <laughs> real bad start. I immediately got I remember even even on anesthesia or whatever, I remember watching and having this that first inkling of like, oh, this something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> And and yeah, we and we talked about the behind the scenes, but this was a real Frankenstein of a script, just like the recent Justice League, which I didn't see, so maybe it's fine. I haven't seen it yet. But it's one of those movies where it gets passed around, and then this guy writes it, and this guy writes it. And I, I do want to point out about the script. So Jeb Stewart was the first the first draft, and oh, okay. it was the first script he wrote in 93 after finishing The Fugitive script. Oh, interesting. So I thought that was a nice touch. We are going yeah. full circle oh, from uh, the beginning of Harrison Ford month to the end. Just like... The phrase at the end is full circle, which we'll get to. <laughs> right. um, the use of the Elvis song Hound Dog bugs me because I hate it when any filmmaker or whatever is like, let's just pick the most obvious thing. So I get that they're showing us it's the 50s, but it's there's sort of this car chase and they're playing Hound Dog. And it's got what, the white walled like, hot rod yeah, car. Yeah, and I just thought, couldn't you have picked a... And that sounds really nitpicky, but it's one of the tiny things that overall added up to it not being that great of a movie. Mm-hmm. Is like, maybe pick a slightly more obscure 50s song. Well, I've just been lately listening to the, the soundtrack to Mindhunter, the TV show, which oh, takes yeah. place in the late 70s and early yeah. 80s, and it has got some weird songs in it. Yeah, I, so far, it's I, not, I haven't it's seen not anything It's not like Staying Alive. Like, yeah. you think it'd be, oh, it's 1977, Staying yeah. uh, uh, Alive or something. Yeah. No, it's it's very strange. So it, it, I think that's a good point, because maybe that subconsciously bugged me, and I didn't even realize it until you said it. Yeah, it's just like when there's a Vietnam scene, and they play Fortunate Son. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they get in a hot tub and time travel to the 80s and it's mm-hmm. playing Hungry Like the Wolf. White Rabbit's a big favorite for a time period song. Uh, anytime someone does drugs in the 60s, it's yes. White Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> so so playing Hound Dog. But but whatever. Uh, so we've got this car chase um, through the desert. It's a beautiful scene. It's very well filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, a military convoy and then these teenagers racing them like those teens in the 50s did. And, and and a few seconds later, you find out. At first, I thought it's weird the military guys would be racing, but then it's even weirder once you find out that they're murderers. Oh yeah, it, it on made a, on a mission. A, a murderers on a mission. It yeah. made me rethink that whole chase and, and thinking like, what is like? That? It's weird. It's it's these are all Russian KGB agents that are, I guess, just having fun. I don't know. I guess why not make your murderous mission fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah. I don't know. Now I have a lot of nitpicks too because I last night I had to watch this movie one and a half times because I watched it and then by the end I realized I didn't understand a lot of key parts. Oh really? So okay. I had to go back and watch the first half again 
that same night, which is not good. So they pull off and we see a neon sign that says Atomic Cafe. Mm-hmm. And it looks all vintagey, and it establishes that this is Nevada, 1957. Mm-hmm. And this is a real nitpicky one because I'm a big fan of vintage neon signs. Okay. So it looks all rusty and shitty and old, like it would look today. Oh, I didn't even pick up on but that. But this was it 1957. Would be brand new. It would be. It would have a shiny coat of paint. Wow, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. And I, then I wonder, maybe that was a deliberate decision because it's like, yes, we know it would be new, but people are used to seeing them rusty, so we gotta. You know, sometimes filmmakers have to make those decisions too. I was reading some behind-the-scenes stuff, and there were some deliberate things in this that I thought were really interesting. Like initially, mm. they didn't want to use any CGI. Yeah, and and they ended up having to do that for a lot of stuff, and it's yeah. pretty bad CGI a lot of it. Yeah, but they did make an attempt to do a lot more. I, I guess Spielberg went into it wanting it to be seamless from Last Crusade. Yeah. And, and they they even went so far as lighting it, trying to light it the same as the last right. movie, which. It had weird lighting, and I didn't... It did have weird lighting. The whole time, I I kept thinking, this is soft lit or something. Yeah. But they were trying to make it seamless. And apparently, if you watch it back-to-back with with Last Crusade, it looks pretty similar, aside from the CGI stuff. I don't know. It it felt like it had an Instagram filter over it. Yeah, it did. So they were trying so hard. And they shot it on film. He refused to shoot digital, even though that's what George Lucas wanted. He shot on film. They lit it the same way, but it still didn't feel right. My my first thought watching it was I thought they were trying to hide how old Harrison Ford was. Yeah, I thought that too. By trying to soft light it so his yeah. wrinkles didn't look as yeah. wrinkly, although he looked great. He's 64 years old. Yeah. I read that he, he worked out for three hours a day yeah. at the gym to prepare yeah. for this. So, I mean, yeah. it not you know, it's not all genetics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in the gym quite a bit. But there is, there's always weird beams of golden light. Everyone mm-hmm. looks sort of glowy. Everyone looks like they're not quite there. The saturation is weird. Yeah. Like, I wish they would have... I Like, I get that their heart was in the right place, but in hindsight... And, you know, I, I probably if they did it the other way, I'd be criticizing that. Like, why didn't they shoot it on film? Why is it digital? Well, there's some stuff. But in hindsight, it probably would have felt more normal. Yeah. Well, there's some more extreme stuff that I sort of wish they did do, because I guess Spielberg initially was going to have the map paintings so you could see the brush strokes. I guess you can oh. see the brush strokes. And that would have looked dated, and people would have thought it was just bad yeah. special effects. But I sort of love that idea. Yeah. And I guess I don't know. There's something to that because we were talking about JJ, little JJ Abrams last week, and he yeah. kind of nailed that in the new Star Wars, where they have kind of he really, of course, there's a zillion CGI effects. Yeah. But he really has a lot of. I think it it clearly would match up better to, to Return of the Jedi than watching one of the the prequels. Yeah. You watch the prequels, it's, it's jarring. In fact, yeah. I remember when the first prequel came out, it was jarring to me, just my memory yeah. of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm like, this is weird. And everybody's a cartoon. Yeah. So they go to the, the to Area 51 is where they are, right? Or it's implied. Basically, Warehouse 51. Yeah, Warehouse 51. Um, which is guarded by four guys. Now, I don't know if, if, they, if you picked up on this. This might have been why you had to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Is apparently whatever they're looking for is magnetic. Did you did you oh. n- notice that subtlety? Oh, interesting. Where they had everything in the over and I got is that to- why they spent twelve and a half minutes uh, <laughs> walking around with metal stuff? Yes. So we've I've said this every episode of Harrison Ford month. I've talked about efficient screenwriting, mm-hmm. and this is the exact opposite of that. This is the most inefficient script. And it, it's also really jarring because Raiders, like I said, I think is the perfect script. Mm-hmm. There's no fat on there. Everything's just right to the point. They're not right. wasting our time. And I'll go through it like 
what I think is inefficient. And they they did and and like we went going back to saying it's better and worse than than we remember. There there is the template of of Raiders Lost Ark because there's a lot of reminiscent scenes like the scene where they'll yeah. be at the college where they have the talk about the history of it. There's yeah. the scene like so they were doing some things that were real similar. But big like, car chase and fist fight with a guy twice his yeah, size. Yeah, a big fist yeah. fight guy. There was stuff reminiscent that I kept yeah. thinking, okay, they're kind of going through the motions a bit on some of these things. Yeah. But So inefficient in the sense that they're walking around having everything be magnetized. Yeah, like you could go through it with a red pen and cut so much stuff out and not sacrifice anything. You right. could cut out entire characters and the movie's the same. That was my that was going to be and I thought I was going to be arg- arguing with you about this film a lot more. Yeah. We seem to be more on the same page than us, but yeah, I, I came so. prepared to argue its merits. Yeah. And my exact argument was this would be a good movie if you could cut out certain scenes and tone down some of the extreme silliness yeah. on, on certain scenes. Yeah. But so I will say so going back to its better we think this opening scene it's a pretty whiz bang scene. Mm-hmm. So the introduction of Indiana Jones even now in my cynical old age like I I was I was grinning I was grinning ear to ear. The, the shadow with him putting his hat putting on putting his hat with on the, the shadow and then the music the iconic music. It's great. That's yeah. a great scene. I thought that was a great shot too. Yeah. Um and then it's really cool when the when the Russians disguised as Americans reveal themselves by machine gunning everybody. Yeah. And everyone um, gets shot without a drop of blood. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, and I, it, it's, it, let's talk about a gem, the, the introduction of Arana. Is that her name? Arana Spalco. Spalco. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Dr. Colonel Spalco. Do I love, is, is, is there anyone greater than Kate Blanchett in the world? Probably not. Is she maybe the best actor of all time? <laughs> <laughs> she's just so fun to watch yeah. in everything. Yeah. I don't know. I just. And she's not holding back uh, too. Like, you, you oh think yeah. Someone of that caliber would maybe be a little stiff or something, but she's just eating it up. And I was curious. But also not going too hammy either. It was a fine line, though. She was really rushing it up. She was (laughs) rusking it up. Because she, you get, like, I mean, your role as a Russian, you have two choices. You either just do a a nuanced Russian accent, or you go full. Like Harrison does in K-19 Widowmaker. (laughs) Exactly. Perfect example. Or you go full Russian. Like, she really just, okay, I'm going to do this accent. Well, even right up front, she says, like, what is American expression? <laughs> yeah. Old-fashioned way? <laughs> okay, you're right. It's a bit hammy. <laughs> it's but it was was it it was an intentional choice. Like there's I don't think she can she can do a good per, or a bad performance. Yeah. Like she was like, "Okay, maybe she read the script and started reading about the three waterfalls and the <laughs> yeah. and the the getting in the refrigerator to <laughs> we'll get right to that in a second. I like that everyone all the other Russians are in disguise and she's just wearing her I know. And and her fencing sword. I know. That I'd... she has a case of that she carries with her all the time. She was great. I loved her character. And then she's some kind of mind reader? Yeah. This this is another thing where I couldn't decide. My While watching this, I tried to think about what if this movie came out and there was no other Indiana Jones movies? Would this be bad? That's That was my big question because oh. I kept thinking – if this was just what it is, yeah. and you didn't have, and you weren't comparing it to Raiders of the Lost Ark, would all this over-the-top stuff, it would still be over-the-top, but would you embrace it more? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an unanswerable question. It is, but I... It's, I, I said that like my dentures are falling out. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's something I thought about the whole film, because yeah. I thought about how how most people were pretty disappointed. Yeah. But 
but would they have been disappointed if it was just like, oh, Harrison Ford's in this new weird swashbuckling alien movie? Yeah, it's, oh, it's kind of a throwback to those goofy fifties things. Yeah, I think if I think you'd be into it. I I was into it. I loved it this time, but I just kept thinking the the things that I hated about when I was drugged out of my mind. Yeah, was I hated the the supernatural UFO stuff? Like as soon as it started introducing aliens and stuff, I just I I, I wanted old biblical stuff. And I don't know why that's where I draw the line, but I, I do. Because, I mean, they do. They have Bible stuff in the other ones, but it's supernatural. And it still feels like it's from our Earth. It feels organic. Right. But but once it started getting into, like, Spine right saucers. then. Yeah, when I was like, oh, are they getting an alien? And they don't. And it would have been also better if they didn't, like, literally show you an alien corpse halfway through the film. I kept thinking there's not going to be aliens. They think there's aliens. These Russian psychics are thinking there's aliens, but it's going to turn out to just be, like, a magnetic skull or something. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been better if they just leaned into it and went full on with the aliens. Like those, like Plan 9, flying saucers and mm. theremin music and creepy lights. And They should have done that. They went over the top in so many other ways. They yeah. might as well have just thrown a flying saucer in because there. Because then at the end, they're trying to And just to made Mars down. attacks. You yeah. Know? It, the movie is doing really silly stuff very seriously. And then they're, do, they're do, or just silly stuff. And then they're doing aliens and they're trying to like ground it mm-hmm. with aliens. It's like, no, just go for it. I know they're, they're walking on the blade's edge yeah. on, on Irana's <laughs> fencing sword's yeah. edge. And I, apparently there was a little bit of a tug of war about the alien thing. George Lucas was really firm about, cause it went through so many iterations of the script, Yeah, but he was really firm on, he wanted a fifties B movie, sci-fi alien movie. Yeah. And, and, uh, at this point, Steven Spielberg had already made like ten alien movies, and he yeah. he kind of was more resistant. And yeah. it, it seems like that became a, a slight point of contention. It's hard to say without n- knowing more about it. Yeah, but it's and I can see also doing some sort of biblical retread would also uh, right. You'd, they'd be like, "Oh, come on, this again." Well, apparently, in one of the versions of the script, they were more Nazis, and and Steven Spielberg put his foot down. I was like, "We're doing no more Nazis. Yeah. It's the fifties. We're we're gonna do. You know, the only enemies the U.S. had in the fifties was the Cold War. Yeah, and he was, was also Soviets. like, he's also like, I can't make Nazis fun anymore. Right after Schindler's List, which like, is true. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> yeah, they weren't fun. <laughs> yeah, Nazis doing pratfalls is not is not on the menu anymore. There was one draft where they go to a city of super intelligent monkeys that, who, well, have a, who have a tank. There were remnants of that. They left a little bit of that in. They did, I, yeah. Did you read all the, the different versions of the script? Listen oh, to yeah. this. I wrote down all the different titles. I yeah. love some of these titles. There was a version called Indiana Jones and the Atomic Ants, which <laughs> that would have been leaning into the, the full UFO 50s yeah. stuff. They should have done that one. Indiana Jones and the Destroyer of Worlds. How do you feel about that one? Oh, so that's the... Because they quote that too. They it's the, the Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer quote, quote yeah. about well, Oppenheimer Hindi quote or whatever it is about but. the atomic bomb. Yeah, and then <laughs> my favorite is Indiana Jones and the Son of Indiana Jones. <laughs> a little redundant, but I mean, yeah. why not? Why yeah. not just reveal it immediately? Why not? Yeah. And then the the last one before the Crystal Skull was Indiana Jones and the Mysterians. Like the band question mark and the Mysterians. Yeah, is Garage that a band? band from the '60s? That must—I don't know. It, it didn't roll off the tongue quite. Mysterians is, is kind of a strange word. So I did as much as. So you you did like this scene then overall? I liked the, it once the, the action starts to the magnetic stuff goes on three times longer than it does. Right, but um, after that, I love when he whips on the on the beams. Oh, and the chase the is chase, great. Ch- chase is great. Uh, Mac. Uh, mm. uh, so you can tell. 
I feel like you're you're feeling George Lucas's beard here. Because mm-hmm. now Indy has a sidekick named Mac, and the dialogue is exactly Anakin and Obi-Wan's dialogue from the oh. prequels. Exactly. Like, well, we've been in worse. We have. When? I oh, didn't... that time in Budapest when, oh, you're when totally you got right. the... You're totally right. I didn't realize that. Yeah. It is. <laughs> like, let's establish that these guys are friends and have been through stuff by having one of them not remember and the other remind them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the magnetic stuff goes on way too long, and it also doesn't... It's very inconsistent how the magnetism works. Mm-hmm. So the magnet doesn't work through wood <laughs> unless it's powder. Because right. it's not until they open the crate that then their guns start going towards oh, that's the magnet. True. So I did, wood I, blocks gun magnetism. Yeah, maybe there's maybe gunpowder isn't that magnetic. Maybe they Because they seemed like they did research on a lot of strange stuff when I was reading about this. I was trying to figure it out. And the gunpowder, because it has such little mass and weight... Mm-hmm. It's like easier to pull by magnets, maybe. I, I'm going with that. Yeah, well, it's fine with me. It's yeah. alien. It's not normal magnetism. It's, it's alien, alien magnetism. magnetism. Yeah, laws of phys- physics don't apply necessarily. Yeah. So Mac turns on Indy, but then Indy gives him the old hot foot. Yeah, shoots a guy. Shoots a guy's toes off. I didn't quite understand. The thing that was funny though is, so Indiana Jones has got his gun pointed at Arana, mm-hmm. and then Mac points his gun at, at Indy and betrays him. But then. But then Mac walks over to where all the Russians are, where they all have their guns pointing anyways. Yeah. So I just thought, well, why would why would he drop his gun now? He's still pointing at Irana. Oh, yeah. Like, they have no upper hand. They had the upper hand when, when Mac was behind him and shot him. But then Mac walked over and joined all the other soldiers. Oh, that's right. So I thought, well, just keep pointing. Like, yeah. Why, why drop your gun now? But instead he shoots one guy in the foot, which causes this did, group of 30 soldiers. He drop, But he doesn't shoot him. He drops his gun. Oh, that's right. And I, I had a discussion with my GF about, is this, did did he know the gun was going to go off, or is that just dumb luck? Because he threw it on the ground and it shot the yeah. guy in the foot. Like, there's not, no way you can plan that, really. They, the, their go-to move in this movie that they do four or five times is Indy having a plan and mm. doing some sort of sleight of hand. Like, how many times in this movie is he arguing with someone uh-huh. and then, like, winks and then they both go punch the guy right. or whatever? Well, that's an indie thing, I guess. It, yeah, yeah. They really play it up. So the, he fights a Russian guy onto a <laughs> rocket of some kind that yeah. shoots him to a, a... Well, we we see an old friend in one of those crates. Oh, yeah. That was a nice touch. I did get a... Uh, when I saw the arc of the Covenant, I was yeah. like, oh, cool. I was kind of bummed out that it's just been sitting there for 20 years. But that's. It seems weird they'd move it to Area Fifty One too. Well, was that the place? I mean, is this the very warehouse? That's. I, I had the same discussion. It must I, be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to figure because at first I couldn't remember the movie at all. Even well, no surprise. I was yeah. post surgery. Yeah. But I, I remembered vague things about it. But I was thinking, are they getting the Ark? I forgot what they were grabbing from the warehouse. But then I was, oh yeah, it was nice to actually see it for a second. Yeah. And apparently they actually brought in the the that's the same one from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And they had guards 24 hours on it. Oh, it's the very prop? It's the very prop. Oh, interesting. So they had guards that stood next to it the entire time it was there because they, it's such an iconic and famous prop. There's some sort of Ocean's Eleven thing going on behind the scenes to steal the I Ark. Know, that would be a good movie. Stealing, yeah. stealing the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, but in a, in a different way. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. And you know what you could call that movie? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Found Ark. Yeah. Well, that'd be fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the jet engine thing, which why wouldn't you put a jet engine with all these priceless, mysterious artifacts? Well, I mean, I what, guess it was a different room. How far away did the rocket go? Because they, they're dropping a nuke 
I guess they don't. They're just gonna do it right next to the warehouse. Well, the rocket goes off, but then it's daytime. It's nighttime when he gets off the rocket. And oh, then, he, and oh then he yeah, that's walking. right. He walked all night. That's yeah, right. So he walks all night. Um, it, it shows like dawn. He sees the little town. Uh, goes down there. We see the Gopher family now reacting to the rocket. <laughs> and again, again, I'm starting to get nervous. Yeah. The rocket itself was one of the first points where I was like, oh, this is dumb. This, yeah. I, I, I thought of a – it reminded me of a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon. Oh, it was a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon. And so exactly. that gave me – this is just like the first time I saw uh, uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I was so excited, but I kept having these like uh, – like cringy moments where I was like, oh, that's not quite right. The gopher thing for me, the equivalent of that is in Phantom Menace when the robots talk and they go, Roger, Roger. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, the robots sound really dumb. <laughs> and then there's a pratfall. There's a really goofy pratfall that one of the Soviets does. Yeah. Um, so do we, do you know much about nuclear testing? Did they build full towns like this? I don't know about nuclear testing, but I do know at... Area 52, the mm-hmm. Dugway Proving Ground, which mm-hmm. we have quite a history with. We do. That they did build replica cities of Japanese and German towns. Oh, to that's practice right. On. Like like full replicas, like with table settings and all that. Why? So why there is the a history setting? there. Like why why put a TV in of people watching TV? I mean, I guess why you, not just kind of put mannequins in a room? Yeah. I mean, I guess then you're going to go inspect it later in a radiation suit and go, holy shit, this fork survived. Oh, is that part of it, maybe? I think that must be what it is, to see the effect. So it's like, well, if a bomb dropped on an American city, this fork survives, so that'll teach us some science. Or it could just be, I mean, knowing knowing the uh, military-industrial complex, it could just be that they had a big budget and, yeah, they got and money, a lot of time. they got money you know? to burn. I don't know. One thing about our military, they're, they're not short on cash. Yeah. Do you so do, would you say the physics are correct about is it accurate that if you get in a fridge and a nuke is dropped on the city you will you'll just get shot out of it and and land and come out and shake your head and go Bleh! is that you're not going to break every bone in your body mm-hmm. you're not going to die of cancer in 2 years from the extreme radiation well i the uh the force of the initial blast uh-huh. i'm trying to why am i trying <laughs> to justify this no it's uh, here, my first Google though is about it's super creepy, a fake town in 1955 in Nevada. So we'll 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 post that later. Oh wow! And figure oh. out why they did it. So that's a real thing. I I want to know why the TV had to be on. Yeah. And I want to know why Andy goes to the sink and there's no running water, but then the sprinklers and hoses on it. Yeah, they, I thought that was wasteful. The the, ho- yeah. the mannequin watering a fake lawn with a hose that's on. Yeah. So they they actually put plumbing and like pipes and stuff out to this town. Yeah. And then the car is peeling away. Was that Russians or was those that are the Americans? Russians? No, those are the Russians. They were looking for India, and then they heard the the okay. air raid siren. Okay. Now th- another thing that's that's great is is when I was all this nuclear testing, it made me think about Ang Lee's Hulk, mm. and then and then and like then General Ross. and then General Ross shows up. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was interesting. So as we were talking about before Marvel Universe, after Marvel Universe, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull actually ties into the Marvel Universe. Wow. General Ross's father. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. yeah this His is, name was Bob Ross in the movie. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is this ties directly in. Like Howard Stark was probably part of the testing, you know? Oh man. Yeah, of course he was. So that means there's Indiana Jones in the Marvel Universe. Which now they both are owned by Disney anyway, so it, it probably is happening in the comics right now. And Did it, Disney get indie too? I guess if they yeah. bought Lucasfilm, then yeah, yeah. huh? So and then if and then is 
Tony and Howard Stark, descendants of the Starks of Winterfell. Whoa, man, you just blew my nerd mind. Let's just call it the Superverse. This is kick-ass. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Wow, and yeah. You, you did, Howard Stark would fit right in at Winterfell. He's kind of they stern. They kind of got that look, that Jon Snow like mustache and goatee look, the yeah. dark, dark yeah. eyes, mm-hmm. stern. Now, the next part, but also, let's just, let's just not dismiss the fact that we get our third gopher when the fridge lands. Is there a, th- is there a th- third one there? Yeah, the fridge lands and he gets out, and then I swear the gopher <laughs>, laughs at him. Yeah, this 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 is one of the things I thought was a drug hallucination. This yeah. is the first time I was leaning over to my friends and being like, is there a gopher in this? Yeah. Is that a cartoon gopher? And then we get Topless Ford getting uh Oh, what off. a relief. Yeah, get all that radiation Sprayed brushed off. off him. Well, I mean, you don't go to the gym for three hours a day to not take your shirt off. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, Scrubs Janitor gives him the old Mindhunter treatment. <laughs> now, this scene kind of made my imagination blow up. Because just a throwaway line, they mention he was an OSS agent. Yeah. So Indiana Jones, which from my understanding was the wartime proto-CIA, basically. Yeah. So Indiana Jones was a spy during World War II. I know. Isn't that awesome? That's the movie I want. Yeah. I want I want Indiana Jones and you know and and the the Russian Nazi no not Russian what would it be called Indiana Jones and the Berlin like time Ber- bomb Berlin or Manifest or something yeah, like that so, like, like a Robert Ludlum book yeah I just I thought about it for the, for the next few scenes I kept thinking about man why don't we have an Indiana Jones as a World War II spy movie well and you'd absolutely want Indiana Jones because oh I mean I guess that's <laughs> hello what. I was going to describe the plot of the other films. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if you knew this, but the Nazis actually were looking for artifacts, <laughs> like archaeological stuff. So you'd probably want a guy like Andy to what? try to stop them. Wow. Man, you're, you, you got it. Yeah. You, picked, you didn't have to rewatch those movies <laughs> tw- one and a half times. Right. <laughs> but um, I wondered what the point of that scene was, too, and I figured it out. But it's too long and it's inefficient. The point of the scene is to give us some background on Spalco. Uh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So, so that so, so that's it, that's again inefficiency. Yeah. And then the point is to mention, oh, you were OSS. And that could have been handled by in his apartment, the camera lingering on a photo of him in an army uniform and a bunch of medals. Yeah. Because Ross says that. Do you know how many medals he has? I wish they would have just shown us a bunch of medals in I don't a know photo. If, that would have been cool, but I don't know if that would make it clear that he was a spy. He wasn't That's just That's true. Because yeah. I would have just thought he was a war hero, which even that guy. I'd be fine with. Yeah. How great would it be, Indiana Jones and, and D-Day or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> and the, be- the, the beach of Omaha. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and they tell There'd us- There'd be no blood, though. So it's not going dist- to be like Saving Private Ryan. Everyone's going to yeah. be like falling over dying, but there's going to be- And just doing Wilhelm screams yeah, every time. <laughs> oh! Oh, man. <laughs> so they tell us a little bit about Spalco, too, but it's nothing we need to know because she's already told us that she's a colonel doctor. Mm-hmm. We know that she has a sword and that she tries to do mind control. So I did I did it. like the psychic stuff. As much as yeah. I the, when they started doing the alien stuff, I really did not like that. I, I liked it this time, knowing it was coming. Yeah. But in the theater the first time, I just, I just, that put me off so much. But yeah. the psychic stuff I like because this whole crew almost reminds me of Hellboy, like the Nazis in Hellboy. Yeah. Like that, that group that are looking for all the mystical stuff. Well, and also her psychic stuff, like we're not even clear if it works or not. I got the sense that it didn't work. Right. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Because she says like, oh, you're, you're the hard one to read, Dr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Then we get fake Marcus. Like 
Marcus is dead, but let's just replace him with a guy exactly like Marcus. I know. I, at first, I, w- I was curious if he was supposed to be the same character. No, because, yeah, ever, again, with the clunky dialogue, well, it's been a year since we lost Marcus and Dad. And don't, you know, how many of you out there, listeners, and you and I, don't we all have pictures of our fathers where they're looking at a bird? <laughs> The picture of his dad is a, is a screen cap from Last Crusade when he's in the little sidecar on the motorcycle. I can pinpoint that exact scene. Is it, is it really? Yeah, because he's like he picks it up like oh, I really miss my dad, and it's a picture of of Sean Connery like looking up and to the left, like he saw a cool bird, and that's the only that's the main picture of his father that he wants. Oh man, they were actually going to do a cameo, but but Spielberg was smart enough to realize that. He said he didn't do it because he didn't want, people would have expected Sean Connery to come along on the adventure. Oh yeah, of course. And, and they didn't want just a cameo where you, cause I, I kind of hate cameos sometimes cause they, they just like, sometimes they work really well, but that would have, he was dead it's on hit with and that. Miss. Yeah. He would have brought in, in a Dr. Henry Jones and then yeah. had him just leave or say goodbye or drive him to the airport yeah. or something. Yeah. He would have been pissed. Yeah. So they, th- so is this the p- getting to the stuff that you had to rewatch about how they figured out the mystery? Because I was kind of half yeah, paying that's, attention. That's to what that. I was lost about is is what um, Oxley's role was. So and Oxley, Sh- yeah. So so what is Oxley is just he's kind of like a Marcus guy too, sort of. Well, it's it's really complicated. The and I, the plot of this movie is really complicated, mm-hmm. overly complicated. The dialogue in this movie is nonstop. No one ever shuts up. Okay. Even in an action scene, they're but yet, like, but yet, yet you never know what they're talking about. Right. And and all the dialogue is, and there's just so much of it. And it's like, can't we just say one sentence of mm-hmm. this? You know, that cross belongs in a museum. Right. Or the ark is dangerous. You have to stop Hitler from getting it. Because all they'd have to say is, your your archaeologist friend found a crystal skull and the. The Soviets want it. Yeah. So he found a crystal skull that might be tied to the alien in the warehouse. He's going to return the crystal skull to the lost city of gold. Before he could turn into the lost city of gold, he took it somewhere else. The Soviets kidnapped him. They let Mary go long enough to write this letter to get you to translate this clue that he wrote. And then you have to go to the jail he was in and translate more clues and then find this other place where the crystal skull is hidden. Then you got to find him and then you got to find this secret city and then you got to find the way in. And then do you know what? I know exactly what happened. They figured out this, the, what they wanted to happen and then they didn't know how to get there. They worked backwards. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. They said, okay, we want him to end up in a temple. Yeah. That, that's a UFO. Yeah. How do we get him there? And we got to put in some vaguely historical stuff, like in all the other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Greaser Shia LaBeouf shows up, and he's like the human equivalent of the song "Hound Dog." He Just way too on the nose. Way he's, too over he's the top. Literally the poster from the Wild, the Marlon Brando movie. Yeah, the Wild One. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is that called? I think it is the Wild yeah. One. And I, uh, unlike a lot of people, I have no problem with Shia LaBeouf. In fact, I quite like him as an actor. Again, I was getting ready to defend him. Yeah. I, I think he's a pretty great actor. He sort of seems like a douche in real life. Yeah, he's got a lot of baggage in real life, but I like him in movies. I and think I he's sort good. Of, and, and as over the top as this character was, as stereotypical as it was, I sort of was like, okay, we're, it's fine. No, watching it the second time, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I thought it was a, a kind of a strangely written character, really laying on the cliches, like with his combing his hair. And his... I loved the combing the hair. Yeah? I, I loved that, I, I just, how he would do it all. I loved especially when they went to the crypt and his hand was shaking and he could barely... Keep the oh, comb yeah, straight. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. Well, that's some interesting. I'll, I'll give him credit on this one then. Okay. Because Indy is sort of, he respects, I like that Indy respects the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he listens to what he has to say immediately, but he's still like kind of dismissive. Like, look, man, I've seen a lot of shit. Right. So when, because Shia keeps having these little outbursts of anger and Indy smirks. And he's, not, he's like, yeah. and he's like, come on. And even says right up front, like, come on, kid. You don't need to put on this show. Yeah. So it, he is putting on a show the whole time. And I guess that makes sense why he would be aping this yeah. movie character. No, I, I thought that was great because the, especially the, the time in the diner when, when he stands up and, yeah. and Indy just literally says, like, hey, sit down. Yeah. And it just you could tell that Indy, Indy is just totally calm. Just world weary. Yeah. He's, he's in, not dismissive of like, oh, you dumb millennial and your avocado toast. Right. But he's just like, yeah. He's like, like choose, your, choose your battles here, kid. And it's kind of you get the sense of, yeah, I've been there. Like at, I, you think that's how he was? Well, Indy had a strained relationship with his father. That's true. And Indy also like really headstrong and went and did his own thing, mm-hmm. as we saw when he was River Phoenix. Yeah, didn't they have a? They also had a big fight though, didn't in in Last Crusade about the career that Indy chose or the path he chose or something. No, I think it was. I don't. Yeah, something like that. Like some when they reunited in Last it. Crusade, they've been estranged for a long time. Yeah. I'm going to rewatch all of them. I decided after watching oh, yeah, this. Absolutely. I might even rewatch this one again. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's just see how it stacks up in context. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does match perfectly and it's a genius <laughs> yeah. move. So, yeah, I, I, I really like Shy. I think the name Mud is kind of dumb, but whatever. Well, that, that's a little on the nose, too, right? Yeah. Oh, because the dog was Indiana. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually Henry Jones Third. Yeah. And he's named after a dog just like Indy. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, like they put some thought into this. It, it's a little clunky, some of it, but it's, but without, like I said, without the expectation, it works a lot better. If you're not comparing this to the other Indiana Jones movies, it's I, I felt like it worked a lot better. And yeah, you'd be like, oh, this batshit movie, yeah, that's got this really cool retro vibe. And I realized that this is the exact. I would have probably absolutely loved it if it was if I went into it and it was just like. Like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, which I yeah. liked a oh, lot, yeah. and that's like has n- no relation to anything else, and it's sort of similar in in some ways. Yeah, just this is like, but over the top. Yeah. This is just over the top. The motorcycle chase. It's all it's right. Fine. Um, we do get the Marcus statue, which I liked. Yeah, the Marcus statue, and then I like uh, when the I do I like this scene. It's really cheesy. It works for me when the kid asks him a question. And then as he's getting, he like, he just goes back into professor mode. Oh, yeah. Because it makes sense. He's a respected professor and a crazy adventurer spy. So it makes sense that he'd be able to turn both of those on and off. And he probably does a lot more teaching than, than adventuring. Yeah, the, he's old these days. It's been 20 years since. And even even in Raiders days, was he, was, he had to have done, like when he went and found the idol at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, that must have been over Christmas break or something. Yeah. Like if he's still got a job, he's only got a few windows to act. He's got spring break. He's got a Christmas break. He's got a, a summer break to go yeah. on these adventures. Yeah. And, and they seem like they take months sometimes, right? Yeah. Like by the time he got to that idol, he'd been wandering around the forest for weeks. It was the impression I got. Yeah. And he had his map and he was following forest. Like he had probably had to spend tons of research. Yeah, so he, so so his nights and weekends are in the library, and then on summer break he's got to go execute this. Yeah, just think and just think about the planning to this. So he's he's teaching classes, 
He's he's doing homework, but then at night he's going he's buying Lonely Planet books, Lonely Planet Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he's got to be writing a lot of letters. Yeah, he, he's he's got to be corresponding. He's got to set up the airplane, these flights, and chartering flights into weird jungles. Got to find Reggie to fly him in. There's on a his lot. Boat plane. Of, like his whole life is setting up for these adventures, and then when yeah. he's off work, and and he also has to be saving money, right? So he's like taking money from every paycheck aside to pay for flights and whips. You know, and there's some weird expanded universe thing about how he has his money. Man, do you know what? There I, is. Like, you can look that up. And I don't know if it's from a book or Young Indiana Jones, but he did. Because um, they were living in southern Utah in a little shack in Moab. Mm-hmm. But there's some explanation not in the movies that explains why they are financially comfortable. Okay. Because he's traveling the world. Yeah. I, I, this made me, I looked it up, but there's a whole bunch of, of novels written by all kinds. It's just like the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I might, I'm not interested in the Star Wars ones, but I might dive into some Indiana Jones yeah, books. Why not? There's one called Indiana Jones and the Dinosaur Eggs. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, this I'll one caught that. my attention. Uh, so I thought that was funny when he just answers the question about what to read and all that. And then the Wilhelm scream in this movie comes from one of the students that almost gets hit by a motorcycle. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear it. Yeah. It's Some in the library student. or yeah. something? Oh, okay. That's that's a nice touch. Um, so anyway, plot, whatever. Shia says Oxy's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. He found a skull. Translate this. He translates it. I like that they – I feel like they go really deep into Indy's knowledge here, uh, just being an expert on everything and knowing all these different languages, and I mm-hmm. really like that. And I yeah. guess the other movies do that too to a degree, but this one really hit it in a way, and I like that too. It's, it's also good in this because – He's older, so he would have a lot more knowledge. Yeah, and he can't be doing as many adventures as he has. I'm sure after World War II, he hung up the hat for and, a while. You know, and that's actually kind of how Dr. Henry Jones is in Last Crusade. He's sort yeah. of become his father. Well, and Less adventuring, a little bit more like using his head. In Raiders, Marcus says, before he goes off on his big adventure, when, he th- when he, uh, he's in his bathrobe and he throws his gun in his suitcase, mm-hmm. Marcus says something like, oh, if I were 10 years younger, you know I'd be with you. Mm-hmm. So Marcus must have been an adventurer too. God, I wonder if there's the Henry Jones like instead of young young Indiana Jones, the old Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, old Henry Jones. Well, they're this whole rat adventures. pack. There's this rat pack of adventurers. So let's throw Marcus into that. Marcus okay. and Henry. Sala's in there somehow. Yeah. And then Marion's dad Abner was Indy's yes. mentor, and then this Oxley guy. Oxley, yeah, the Oxley guy is about the same age as Indy's father, so that it literally is like a Rat Pack of scholar adventurers. Oh man, let's make that expanded universe thing. That would be somehow. cool too. And by let's, I mean, come on, Steve and George. Yeah, they're, they're making Indiana Jones Five. Yeah, Did you know that? Yeah, it's got a release date, oh, July twentieth, two thousand twenty. Wow. Harrison Ford's only going to be 78 by then. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, he, they go to South America, and he Indy knows a language because he spent time with Pancho Villa. Uh, that's, that was great. The pilot episode of Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Is that what it is? Yeah. I never him. watched any of those. I'm, oh, I, I watched every I, one of them. I wanted to watch those, too. The, the, the ones where he is uh, older are way better. Because there's ones where he's Anakin and Phantom Menace, and then there's ones where he's Sean oh, Patrick Flannery. Yeah, no, no, like I'd, more River Phoenix. Yeah, and, I want I want River Phoenix. Andy. Yeah. I don't want a little. I hate little kids. Yeah, that'd be awful. Yeah. So that alternate. What, what does those. he do when he's a little kid? Is he still on? He adventures? follows Henry around, and I think 
you only see Henry from the chin down. Oh. So you just see like a tie and a vest and some hands. So it's it's like Charlie Brown. All the adults are. Yeah. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. So I think he's just. Or doesn't that happen in Muppet Babies? Isn't Muppet Babies always just the legs of yeah, the Yeah, it's Muppet Babies. Yeah. <laughs> so as a kid, he's going on adventures with Henry Sr. and then going off and getting into mischief. Oh, that sounds But then awful. when he's older... So it's like Home Alone yeah. instead of Indiana Jones. But then when he's older, he's just doing his own thing. Like, I think he goes to college. He yeah. fights in World War One. I. I met yet the young Indiana Jones. Oh, uh, Sean, Sean Patrick Flannery? Yeah. Yeah. He's a big tipper. Oh, that's nice. He, I worked at a restaurant, and he tipped as much... His bill was $50, and he tipped $50. Oh, that's really so no nice. one ever say that he's cheap. Yeah, no, don't stop it out there. Say what you will about young Indiana Jones, but he's not cheap. Man. Yeah, don't don't go spreading that around. <laughs> um, then we get the same scene from Raiders where they're like blowing dust off the floor to find some carvings. Lo- I liked that. Yeah, I liked the the graveyard they went to. The graveyard was really cool. It was really cool. And this is I I wrote down this is what I want out of an Indiana Jones movie. I want weird skeletons. Yes. I want mummies and I want creepy crawlies. Even the weird like uh, teeter totter thing. Yeah, booby traps. Yeah. Impractical. Wait, is that booby called a teeter totter seesaw? Yeah, yeah, interchangeable. Is that both the same thing? Yeah. It's been so long since I was a kid. Yeah. Since you were the young Sean Black Chronicles. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the weird booby traps, those creepy kids with their skeleton masks that are like monkeys. I love poison darts, man. Poison darts. As are a fun. little kid, I thought that like I was on on edge about poison darts yeah. and blowguns, and, yeah. and so I loved that. I loved that the indie jumped up and blew in the back of it. I hated and, that they did karate. I did too. Like breakdance karate. That was, that was doing a, like parkour karate. Yeah, well, that was a big. I was going to say that's a huge time for parkour. That's about when Casino Royale came out. There yeah. was a lot of parkour going on at the time. Yeah. But I did love that he that Indy blew the dart back into the guy's throat. Yeah, and then Mutt says, "Like you're a teacher." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which works for me again. A corny line, but it, it, just like Indy becoming going into teacher mode, I, I thought that worked really well. And uh, did you think this was exactly a Draugr crypt from Skyrim? Oh, it, it totally was. I love right? that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, they talk. Indy talks about the elongated heads, and that's true. I used to have a mummy. I thought you were about to say I used to have an elongated head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it was Yeah, I actually had head uh de-elongation surgery before I saw this movie. <laughs> it's just I, a, it's a just, really tight baseball cap. That's yeah, all. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You go two sizes too small on your baseball cap until your head Well, you around. start with a quarter size too small and you yeah. just keep working. Right. It's like gauging your ears. No, when I worked at the Mummy Museum, we had this uh ancient South American That's mummy. That's a real thing? Yeah, it was called the Detmold Child and it was from this area. Uh-huh. And it had a uh, long head which i thought was cool man as as much as i thought the first time i thought aliens were stupid i did like the idea that aliens had were gods to these people and they yeah. had bound their head and their whole culture worshiped worship these aliens and i did i thought the crystal skull itself was really cool looking yeah and i liked i even liked the scene where they they forced indiana Anna, indiana jones to stare at it and oh he, i love that that was really this, cool like, yeah because up to that point, you're still like, oh, is this real? Is it fake? Yeah. And that's kind of – I might be jumping ahead of some stuff because I am. Let's just get – let's just go chronologically. I love it when they cut open the mummy and it's perfectly preserved and then disintegrates. Yeah, that's That's, that's what really I wanted cool. in these movies. I know. That was really great. And that's also a real thing. I, I'm, I've, I'm quite the mummy enthusiast. That's a real thing too? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into mummies because I worked at a mummy museum. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like they're, they're very fragile. <laughs> and like the, the, there's so many 
very specific conditions that lead to natural mummification. Mm-hmm. And if any of those are violated, then it, yeah, it, can it immediately crumbles and stuff like that. It can happen, yeah. Like there's like certain humidity factors and temperature and dry, and all this stuff. Wow. Like I, it wouldn't happen that fast, right. but it would like it... deteriorate. Um, and then that did... that's a real conquistador. I sort of read about him. That, well, that's what I liked. I like that the whoever f- this twelfth version of the script. I like that they did have these touches where this is is kind of feasible. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real conquistador crystal skulls are a real thing that were sort of like a uh a, you know that late 1800s when the showmanship was going on mm-hmm. so they they were a real thing purported to be south american supernatural things really and they were all european in origin oh cool and people they actually sculpted some crystal skulls they sculpted yeah from single pieces of crystal and then they they said like like, cause back then in 1886, they really had adventurers, <laughs> right? Gra- I right. Mean, or grave robbers, right? And yeah, so someone said, "Yeah, I got this in on a in an Inca temple that mm-hmm. collapsed as soon as I took it, and the the priest would use it to will death upon people, mm-hmm. and it's always the same temperature." Oh, cool! So there's because I mean, people were literally out looking for the fountain of youth and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's those are crazy, and the city of gold. The people yeah. were literally looking for this city yeah, of gold. Yeah, that's an interesting read. It's way too deep to get into, but God, maybe we'll just do a whole episode on the city of gold. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. It's all a, well, yeah. So, uh, what, what this this is? Don't think, oh, this is the first moment. Another moment where I thought this is straight out of Raiders Lost Ark template because as they're leaving with the skull, I'm like, well, the the Russians are going to be waiting outside to take yep. it. Yeah, and it's like there he is. I was like, okay. I like that Shia makes a crack about Indy being a grave robber. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, I'm not a grave robber. I'm an archaeologist. And then he tries to steal the fancy knife. Yeah. <laughs> and Mutt looks at him and he's like, uh. <laughs> so I like that. Like, that's kind of the elephant in the room is Indy's a grave robber. And it's like, yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. Archaeologists kind of are grave robbers yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was real funny. Um. This is a, a to the point. Up to this point, I'm kind of all on board. Besides a few little things, besides the the fridge thing, if they would have handled yeah. the bomb differently, but this is when it starts getting a really over the top. And this is how you can tell it's just such a patchwork script because yeah. the tone is so inconsistent. Yeah. So the first hour of the movie, I think, is kick ass yeah. for the most part. the the la- The second half, especially the last like 30 minutes, is really starts yeah. crumbling, just like that that conquistador exposed to air. Um, and this goes back to, so he goes back to the Soviet camp. Marion's there. Mm-hmm. Really cool scene where he's like shadowed on these sort of burlap walls. So you see his shadow with him inside of it. And then you see Spalco like unnecessary, but it's cool. It's, well, this is also reminiscent nice. of the, the scenes out in the desert. Oh, that's right. With Belloc and, Belloc, and Tote. Yeah. yeah. When Marion's also captured. Yeah. And and this is when I realized nobody in this movie ever shuts up. There's never a moment to just be quiet and mysterious. And it's like if the dialogue's not going to be clever or funny and it's not going to tell you anything about the character and it's not going to tell you anything about the plot, you don't need dialogue. Well, this is when it starts getting bickery. This is when they fill in the air Tons with everybody is bickering. And then so she's – And it's not charming. It's real and obnoxious. It's super annoying. Yeah. Um, so now Spalco has the skull, and she's saying, okay, here's what happened. Here's what the skull is. Here's here's what it does. Here's what you should do. Here's what's happening now. Mm-hmm. She's like, this, you look into the skull. It'll give you powers. You're looking into it. I bet you feel weird. And mm-hmm. and it's like, no, just say, gaze into the skull. And right. have freaky music, and then you get sweaty. One line. Gaze yeah. into the skull. That's all they would have had to say. Yeah. 
Um, and they could have had they could have had someone else say, "What's it doing to him?" or something. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and and someone saying like, "No, you'll destroy his mind." Right. And she's saying, "If he's weak, you need like twelve words total." Yeah, and I just wish this ha- had that because it just goes on and on and on and on, and the bickering. Even during action scenes, they're still bickering. Well, the, the, like the, literally saying, "Like punch that guy, throw me that thing." Yeah. Well, the next scene Steer. is a perfect example of a scene that has unnecessary dialogue, and the scene itself is unnecessary. And it's 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 when they they run off and they yeah. fall in the the quicksand. Yeah. And it's they get recaptured right after, so that it's pointless right. except to have them bickering in the sand and then to have. Mutt throw. This is maybe the most ridiculous <laughs> so thing in the dumb. movie. Yeah, is is they're sinking in the. I guess it's dry sand, which I don't even know what that is. And that's another Andy being a professor. Right. Actually, it's not quicksand; it's dry sand. And as he's sinking, but I mean, you're in a goddamn jungle. You can't yeah. find a vine. Yeah, he finds plenty of but vines later. But you can later. find a snake that you're going to use as a rope. I've try. I try. I go home and I try to pick up my cat. Yeah, and say hello, and he's gone. A big slithery snake yeah. is just going to let you pick it up and uh, throw it. Use it as a rope, a nine-foot snake. And you're going to be able to grip it? Snakes are very smooth. It's that, that I was, that I almost left the theater. I remember yeah. that, that scene. I just, um, I just wanted to barf. No, but there's three or four scenes like that where this long scene happens and then it ends with back to the beginning, back to the status quo, and there's no need for it. We, um, we, and he's so goofy when he sees Marion too. I wish he would have done his seduction stare instead. Like, but he's poor, like, poor, "Hey, I know it's." And then he's like, "It does that goofy thing where he's expecting a hug, and she walks past him." It's, yeah, this is also where it first show. How did you feel about Oxley? I love John Hurt. Rest in peace. There's yeah. another uh, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's he's he's. How did you feel about crazy, stereotypical crazy guy? Oh, uh, well, he got shot in the head buying cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just too broad. Like, it it would have been more interesting if he was quieter and more, uh, he was just, he was, I mean, he was childlike. He was like, or, or like a movie where someone is on drugs written by someone who's never done drugs. Right. That's what it felt like. It felt like crazy in a way that no one ever goes crazy. Yeah. What? And here's my nitpicky thing that bothered me. And and it's also the point in the podcast where I ask how much time has passed. How long has Oxley been missing? Yeah, I like mean, we, like a couple months, a year. What, it's got to be years, right? Oh, was it years? Because something that was bothering me is this is a professor, yeah. and he had like rotten teeth, like a homeless person. Yeah, like his teeth. Because no, in the end, he's all cleaned up, though. Yeah. So we know that that's not what he's normally like. So he's been captive for a well, long time. Well, I understand time. your hair growing out, but I mean, would, you, would your teeth be brown and rotten oh, even yeah. after a couple months? Yeah. Maybe they would. I don't know. Yeah, I really thought, I mean, I you know, obviously you can second guess everything, but there was a different way to do that. Mm-hmm. He could have been speaking in riddles and kind of sinister. He could have been a Gollum character. They could have had but a more, more a, kind of comatose, like staring, a thousand yeah. yard stare or something. And he could have been saying things that were like creepy yeah. on their own instead of just like rocks 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 yeah yeah he was like he's crazy in the silliest way you can go yeah. crazy but so yeah so he's gone i mean there's enough time to ma- mail a letter from south america to connecticut that had to have taken six two, months two, i don't know a couple months at least um i don't i guess they never explain how he found the skull in the first place that's why i had to rewatch it too i was trying to figure it out because he this is uh this is where it gets screwed up 
I, I'm going to wait on that. Okay, because I just while watching this, I just didn't kind of didn't care. I was like, okay, I don't, he found it through through history. And they if that they could have done that, and I wouldn't have cared. Right. But they did try to explain it, and then they failed. Uh, why did if he? They try just to- said he found the skull in an old basket. Why did he return it though? He he got it and then and then returned it back to where it was. I didn't understand that. No, he hid it somewhere that he figured only Indy could find it. Oh, I th- I thought he had found it there, taken it out, and then returned it to where he, he found it. He was going to return it to where they take it at the end. Oh, okay. But, but then d- when they get there, he's already been there. So I don't understand how he's been there. It I, doesn't make sense. I got the impression he found the crystal skull in that, in that you know, that old... In the Conquistador. Conquistador thing. graveyard. Took it all the way to that, the temple. Because, yeah. I mean, he knew how to get past the natives... By holding the skull up. So he got literally yeah. to the top of the temple, physically. Yeah. He'd even tried to wiggle the little things with sand in them. Little, little. And then he apparently decided to go all the way back and put it back where he got it. That's the impression I got. To hide it from the Soviets, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. Do I have to watch it again tonight? I, mean, I think I do. I might I'm have, have to rewatch to. it myself, you know, yeah. just for a treat. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't get it. I thought he hid it in the Conquistador graveyard because he knew Andy would be able to find it. Okay, that's probably right. Because they said know. they say that, but I don't know. Maybe that's where he found it and he put it back, and the Conquistador found it and tried to run away with it and got <laughs> killed by ninja monkeys. Oh boy, monkeys are coming up, man. Oh yeah. So now this this movie turns into Mega Man, and here's where shooting it on film with rich grainy texture and nice golden beams of light mm-hmm. throws it off because now we have this cgi gear machine yeah that looks so out of place and so weird and it is like it's throwing gears it's a mega man level this, yeah. this movie's got a lot of mega man in it the flames from the rocket i didn't think of mega man specifically but it reminded me a lot of a video game and i mm-hmm. sort of was thinking about tomb raider oh i guess that would going, be an apt comparison. Going into go, things and, and blades are swinging yeah. and it's all that kind of stuff. It was very video game-like at this point. Yeah. So, so now, they start driving the cars now? Like, what, where, where yeah, now, the now we just get – so everyone's captive. All our good guys are captive. Mm-hmm. Marion reveals that Mutt's real name is Henry, and Indy goes, oh, Henry, that's a good name. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a dope in this one. Yeah, huh? Henry Jones the third. Now he wants Mutt to go back to school. That's it's whatever. The subplot doesn't need to be discussed. Yeah. They escape. It's just like Raiders when they're escaping with the Ark. Um and I feel like if you're gonna repeat stuff from from Raiders, that's fine. But do it like bigger and better. Mm-hmm. I mean that's most sequels. You do the same thing, but bigger and better. Right. But this just felt kind of weird and I didn't understand why. Cause at one point Indy's team has control of the skull. Uh-huh. Why didn't they stop driving? So they didn't have to fight from moving vehicles. They'd still have to fight, though. Right, but it would be a much better, it'd be a much easier fight. I feel like the Soviets had guns and they didn't, though. Wasn't that the issue? I guess. Yeah. The big ch- chase through the jungle. I could it's really it, chaotic and hard to follow. Are, are jungles just kind of flat? I sort of got. I thought jungles were valleys and up and down, and like you, you couldn't drive through a jungle. Is how I thought. There would have to be a lot of puddles and and rivers. If you're watching Predator, they're hiking down hills constantly. Yeah. Like, you're not just driving flat for miles and miles. It's not just like a big, flat parking lot with lots of trees. Well, and also two roads. Two roads next to each other. Yeah. With trees in between them, but there's two roads next to each other. I feel like this is the scene that I really enjoyed watching at this time, but I, I feel like this is where 
the movie lost most of the original 2008 audience. I'm really feeling like Steven Spielberg had the flu and George goes, don't worry, I got this. He's just like, I'm sick. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. And he's like, okay, I'll do all, I'll do this whole jungle sequence. You, you just get better. Cause suddenly we're getting chaotic transformers like CGI. Yeah. We're getting, uh, dozens of crotch jokes. Right. Right. Mutt gets hit in the nuts like 30 times. Yeah. I'm glad he says earlier that he's a fencer. Yes, I I did appreciate that too, and I did yeah. I did kind of like fencing between the car. Besides him getting hit in the nuts, them fencing between the cars I thought was cool. That could have been cool, yeah. And then he just gets hit in the nuts ten times, and he doesn't even look at the camera with his eyes crossed. <laughs> I know. So what's the point of that? <laughs> I know. If he's not gonna go, oh no. <laughs> and then he swings with the monkeys. This time I did notice. Did you notice that all the monkeys had the same hair as uh, Mutt? Uh-huh. They all had pompadours. Yeah, I didn't remember that. From the I first time. loved that. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, he's like the monkey god. He's So he's on the truck and gets tangled up in a vine that mm-hmm. carries him up to the canopy of the trees. Mm-hmm. And then a monkey with his hair. And then suddenly he's the king of the monkeys. And and there's there's jeeps going 50 miles an hour through the jungle. And do you think you could, even if there was ropes set up, have you watched the show American Ninja? Uh, yeah, American, yeah. Or, yeah, sure. Maybe yeah. it's called American Ninja Warrior. Something yeah. like that, where they go through obstacle courses. Yeah. Like, even when they have ropes set up to swing on, you don't just, you're not, he's doing straight Tarzan, like, or yeah. Spider-Man, like when Spider-Man's yeah. going through Manhattan. Yeah. It is like vine to vine. He is keeping up with cars going 50 miles an hour. Yeah. And with a monkey army. With a monkey army that are helping him for some uh-huh. reason. Yeah. I guess the hair. They Well, they just know. It's just like the, you know, the angels in the ark or whatever. Like, they know who's good and who's bad. Uh, I need... Yeah, I need to talk about the aliens at the end. Well, not until we get through these ants. I mean, just one thing after another. I had mixed feelings about this time. I kind of thought it was cool this time. Uh, No, it's no. They it was ants really do make those little bridges though. Like an uh, ants will will make little ant bridges to get across things. Maybe not that efficiently where they're yeah. Like it was just too. It's just in this context after all this stuff after King of the Monkeys crotch. Yeah, monkeys with haircuts, mm-hmm. and now we get ants. Now every Indiana Jones movie needs. I mean, Raiders has snakes, Temple of Doom has beetles and stuff, mm-hmm. rats in Last Crusade. So give us ants, that's fine. Okay, they look really fake. Yeah, um, I mean they eat the guy and carry him into their ant hole, which I, I think that's consistent with Indiana Jones in a way, but it's just too much. Yeah, it was with all this other stuff going I, on. I had a lot of mixed feelings during this scene because I thought a lot of it was. I, lo- I thought the con. This is the concept was cool, but the execution was awful, which is pretty much the entire movie. Because I kept thinking, if you just read this as a book, if you read the script, yeah, it's probably mind blowingly cool. Yeah, where you're getting to like, whoa, these, these giant ant hills, and there's man eating ants and stuff. But when you see it, something that's is cool in your imagination, you see these giant cartoonish ants and eating people instantly. They're like yeah. piranhas. Yeah, you know, and they just really didn't look good. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of reading the script, I I was complaining about the nonstop dialogue. Like, you can get away with not even watching the movie. Mm-hmm. You can just have it on. And listen? Yeah, and listen, and it's like a radio play or, or something. So this is, this is it's perfect. like an audio book. If, you, if you're blind, this is your favorite Indiana it's the Jones best movie. One. Yeah. <laughs> and then now we're getting tree catapults. Yeah, the three waterfalls. And now the three waterfalls. so dumb. I don't even understand why. Why not have one waterfall? Right. Again, there's so like, much. What is the point of three waterfalls? So much peril for no reason. Yeah. Because what? we Oh, maybe this third one's going to be the one that gets them. 
And then it's like Edward. And they don't even drop the crystal skull after going up three waterfalls. The, a guy who's insane is still clutching it somehow when you're dropping hundreds of feet into no, water. No, there's no consequences that are any different from going to Disneyland and riding Splash Mountain. Right. So there's no point in 20 minutes of waterfall. And after, and this is after like 30 minutes of nonstop action. Mm-hmm. So no one's into this. They completely forgot of like tension and release. Right. And then the cuts are so stupid. It's like an Ed Wood movie. So close up of them. Uh oh, here's another waterfall. And then suddenly we're cutting to stock footage <laughs> right. from a travel show. Right. Like, here's a waterfall, and then we're like up in the sky in a helicopter and we see this tiny little Jeep thing. <laughs> and then and then it cuts back and they're like, Whoa! It felt like the lowest budget, like backyard movie. And the thing a thing that bother another thing that bothered me about the waterfalls is in terms of the story, is they get into the temple, Indiana Jones and everyone, but but Irana and the rest of, of the Soviets, they somehow are able to hike down these mile. Like it would take them yeah. six hours to get there. Indiana right. Jones would have been able to get the crystal skull back, do all the UFO stuff yeah. and go. And he would be leaving when they ran into the Russians. And somehow Oxley got there without being in a duck boat. <laughs> and somehow they're going to get back. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> then we get to this valley and then all these guys come out running because we need more action now. Right. That scene could have been cut out too. Okay, so who are these guys? They're bust for some reason. They're busting out of pods. I kept thinking about are they? Yeah, that that scene. Are they just waiting there and people come over and feed them through the the? Yeah, because they break out. They bust out of the walls. Yeah. Now, how often could people be <laughs> co- visiting there? When for hundreds of years people have searched for it and Oxley was the first guy to find it. <laughs> right. So are they like generation immortal? after generation waiting? That's what I'm wondering. Is it is it some tribe and they're tasked with protecting this or are they immortal guys who have been there for 500 years? I didn't even think of that. I just thought – I don't think they thought of it while making this. No, and then somehow Oxley knows them and he knows that if you hold up the skull, they'll, they'll vanish. They'll literally mm. just vanish. Right. I mean, not vanish, but they'll kneel, and then you'll never see them again. Yeah. So, did they re? Does that mean they rebuilt their little busting out walls? <laughs> that must Oxley, be what Oxley left. That must be what they're doing when when they're not, they just take years to to set it right, and then let it age, and then they break out, and people come over and feed them through yeah. little cracks. Then this montage of breaking open the sand pods is kind of like raising the barn mm-hmm. in terms of how long it takes yeah. and how not interesting it is. Yeah. Then we get another Mega Man level where they're going around and the steps are going in. Someone drops the skull. Yeah, they but fall. Not so the real... last. This is the worst. Yeah, I mean, I. The last step like goes into the wall and they're. Oh no, they're gonna fall. They fall about five feet. They get damp. And there's only about three or four spikes. Like you think they're yeah. gonna fall on a bunch of spikes. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the thing is, I dropped the skull. And then we spend in real time. Someone swish around looking for it, and then they go, Oh, found it. There was no reason for that scene at all. Yeah. It's re- it's really falling apart it's, at the end. It's not like, oh, we need to have an action sequence. Like, you can cut it out. The movie is no different. You don't know what's gone. You're wasting my time, it guys. Almost feels like, it almost feels like they're sick of making the movie. Yeah. Because you think about Last Crusade. The, that's, like, maybe the best part of the movie. They get there. The repentant man may yeah. pass. They got the blades. They got the leap of faith. And yeah. then when they finally get to the, the guy that's been around since the, like, the crusade night yeah. yeah the crusade night who's protecting the 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 cup whatever yeah. it's called the chat what's it called the holy grail the holy grail yeah like, like it's getting late yeah it is 
Like, that's cool. Like, you're excited when they finally get there. At this point in the movie, you're like, oh, just get the fucking Crystal Skull back. Uh-huh. Just, like, get let's get this over with. And the, the Last Crusade scene, it's so tense. It's very quiet. Right. Everyone's sweaty. You're worried mm-hmm. they're going to screw up. And this, this stupid little scene. Oh, no, we dropped the skull. Found it. Mm-hmm. No need at all. Um, and then they the, go through the room with the gold. You find out that Mac is is a triple agent or just... Yeah, because Mac turned on Indy. Then it, during the car chase, he unturned on Indy, and now he's turning on him again because he wants treasure. Turns out these people have been collecting treasure from all sorts of societies up until a certain point, then they stopped doing that. That's when they started building their little places to hide. Yeah. They're like, nothing, <laughs> the else, nothing else interesting will happen in humanity. We've got this <laughs> Egyptian stuff and this Greek stuff. That's enough. The door looks like a diagram of a women's reproductive system. Like, exactly. That, I thought that, that was interesting. That they put the skull in and then it, like... And then it opens, yeah. It was, so, I thought it was a pretty cool looking door. Yeah, I and, didn't. I didn't pick up on the reproductive like anatomy I mean, aspect. Uh, yeah, obviously in a multi million dollar movie, everything's deliberate, mm-hmm. and someone had to have looked at that and thought that looks like the health class diagram. Huh. And I just think uh, that's really weird and interesting, but whatever. There could be a backstory to it. That when they make movies, there's so much more work that goes into a movie than you can ever even imagine. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading this. It's always so amazing. I'm reading the making of Blade Runner, and it's about as thick as a telephone book. Yeah, and it's mind blowing the attention to detail. So someone did they did, they had long discussions about just making this door. Yeah, and probably George Stephen and who, whoever else, mm-hmm. they know so much more about these aliens than we do. Right, they could probably write a 200 page book about that door. Which is th- which I wish they would tell me because yeah. I have a lot of questions about once they get into the aliens. Yeah, they get so in now- the room. There's a bunch of crystal skeletons sitting in a circle. They're a hive mind, so they need the last skull to be placed atop. And then why not have Indy say, I've got a bad feeling about this? I mean, wrong franchise, but (laughs) we like it when Harrison says that. I feel like he does say that. He does. He literally says that. He says, i got a bad feeling about this. Oh, I thought you were being – I was like, he does say that. Yeah, he does. What – what – I don't – how did the skull not – how did that – the skull that they have end up in that tomb – how is it the only skull missing from there? Yeah, no. The rest of the, don't the rest know. of the skeletons are perfectly intact. And then this, why didn't these guys get them? Why, did, guys? why didn't these guys prevent the skull from being stolen? Yeah, because they were too busy kneeling before it, I guess. Well, let me. Yeah, the, their whole purpose seems <laughs> to be to protect that that room. Why? Yeah, I guess they were asleep or something. Yeah, they were busy when someone took the one skull out of this whole room for some reason. Yeah, and I. Are the aliens alive? Are the skeletons alive? I didn't understand what was happening yeah. there. And then Oxley is somehow no longer insane right. and clarifies these are not spacemen. They're interdimensional beings. Right. I don't know what the point Something of that is. Something the audience just had to, to like, the yeah. audience was like, oh, thank God. I'm glad the distinction was made. Yeah. They were turning going, oh, I thought they were aliens. Just because they look like aliens and have a spaceship. <laughs> a, li- a literal flying saucer. Yeah. And now this is my biggest question of all is they say, thank you for returning the skull. What do you want? Uh, Irana jumps up and says, I want, I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. Why do they blow her head up? So was, are these evil aliens? Is that a trick? No, that's what it's, it's a monkey's paw. I thought it was really cool when they all started spinning and turned into one. That was all but right. It's, um, it's straight up. It's such a stupid looking alien that I, I kind of hated yeah, it. Yeah, it's really. It looks like a, from an Unsolved Mysteries reenactment. Yeah. <laughs> so you remember Grant Morrison's All Star Superman? That's yeah. what happens to Lex Luthor. 
he gets all the knowledge of the universe and it fries his brain. Oh, that's right. So that's the same thing that happens to her. She knows everything. Her eyeballs catch on fire, though. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, if I said I want to know everything about chemistry and someone told me that, I'd probably go insane. I don't know anything. Oh, I think, I think I've been calling her Irana. It's Arena. The whole oh. So I'm just going to. Spalco. Arena Spalco. Well, we'll just CGI that later. Yeah, CGI it later. <laughs> um, I thought her death wasn't gruesome enough compared to past indie films. Well, they had to make it different. I did appreciate the difference because you think about Raiders, their faces melt. In Last Crusade, they age quickly, which is really cool. Yeah. So they got to this point where they said, okay, it's the point of the part. It's the part of the movie where someone's face explodes. What do we do? So yeah, they have yeah. so they have her, her eyeballs. Out of her eyeballs, they shoot fire. I kind of like that because, I mean, you got to do something it's different. cool, yeah. And then she just disintegrates like she's being beamed up. Yeah, which I had the question, is she then in the other dimension? Is she dead even? Maybe maybe she does get what she wants. Maybe now that she knows everything, she doesn't need to have a body anymore. Right. So I thought maybe there's a happy ending for her. Maybe she does get all the knowledge. Yeah, and now she's a star Mm -hmm. or something, yeah. And then it's like, oh, good, let's just get some more peril. We need more. Oh, this, they, running this, out of the yeah, collapsing This is thing. when it becomes full-on Tomb Raider video game. Yeah, and then Mac trying to grab gold at the last second. I'm not at all interested in that character. I don't I think mean, he should have really. General char- I'm not interested in the greedy character. You're going to say exactly what I was about to say. He should have just been in the beginning? He should have been in the movie at all. He at does, all. There's no reason to have Mac in the movie. I was okay with him betraying him and being in one minute of it. Yeah. Like, if he would have just been in the warehouse at the beginning, I thought that's fine. And that so that ties back to like Alfred Molina, yeah, and the Raiders, right, right. Because yeah. I mean, but it, like, it would it would be like having Alfred Molina through the entire film, yeah. Because the Russians could have gotten the drop on him without Max interference, mm-hmm. and then I guess the whole thing is he's dropping those beacons. But oh. let's just say, but but you don't need a whole character, a whole irritating character to solve. Well, that. what's the science behind that in 1957? Yeah. Like what? What were these? And what were these Russians use, using exactly? They were they were in waterfalls and stuff too. They were like yeah. climbing down the side of waterfalls. Just like you, it's like boy. Well, we need this Matt character because how else will Spalco find them? Oh, uh, give her a pair of binoculars and yeah. say there they are. Or like, maybe go. It. Or maybe go to the place they'd been before. Hadn't they been there somehow and not been able to get in? No, they'd never. They didn't oh, know they where had, it was. They hadn't been yeah. there. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, that's right. Because they needed. That's why they needed Ox to show them yeah. on the map. I but, did. Li- I did like that scene a ton where they figured out oh, the map. Yeah. yeah, going way back. Sorry. Yeah, but no, there's there's no reason for Mac to be in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. And then he, I guess he sort of sacrifices himself to save the day, but not really. No, he doesn't. He's a piece of shit. But Indy keeps. Like, he just he lets go of the whip so Indy can get away. But still, like, yeah, what's what's that thing? I'll be all right. You know, you're not. You're about to die. Yeah. There's no point of the Matt character, <laughs> one, not one bit. And it's so lame to watch a guy like tucking gold coins in his pocket, <laughs> like know. like uh, Hobbit I, Part Three. I know. Remember that dumb character from Hobbit Part Three? Oh man, <laughs> he's got gold fever. Yeah. <laughs> or wait, Dragon Fever. That's what it was called. Yeah. Where you want gold? Yeah. <laughs> and all I can think is that it ties back to Elsa from Last Crusade. Where he's trying, same thing, he's trying to save her, and she's like, no, I can almost reach it. Oh, yeah. But we don't need that. Uh... I do I do love that Arena kind of walks that line that all, Indiana Jones has this kind of, like, there's always these femme fatale women that he's sort of almost, like, they're almost flirting, or they have an affair, like, in, uh, is it Elsa, you said, in Last Crusade? Yeah. Before he finds out she's a Nazi? Yeah. Like I, I do like that Arena still kind of fills that role where 
they they're they're sort of working together. Like when when Indiana Jones gets excited on the map, starts figuring out what the, oh, this, yeah. what this means. They're sort of I do like that. It's like oh, we're all excited. We're yeah. all figuring it out. And I feel like that ties into the character too because he's he's a uh, grave robber first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean archaeologist first. I'm being rude to Indy and his grave I know, robbing. It's a slur. Um, so all those guards died when the valley collapsed into a spaceship. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Well, they all, most of them got machine gun anyway, like shot anyway. Oh, I guess they would have by the Soviets. They all got shot. Very little blood. Yeah. Um. And then the ending just like really brings it on home of being like, what the fuck? <laughs> when he says they skipped town and Mutt says, just like you did, dad. <laughs> and Indy just laughs. <laughs> and then Mutt laughs, doesn't he? Yeah. Isn't Mutt like, they all, all laugh. all's forgiven. Everybody laughs. It's like the end of a Star Trek episode. Yeah, like In freeze frame. Freeze frame of them all laughing. And then my favorite line, too. Their treasure was knowledge. <laughs> knowledge was their treasure. Why does he have to repeat it? I love it. I know. It's really In this weird Instagram filtered scene with the sun setting. And he's like, Mud is like, let's get back. And he's like, no, I just want to stay on this very tiny mountainous platform <laughs> I know, for the night. They're going to sleep on top of a mountain. There's nothing that indicates they're going to make a fire. And then how are they going to even get back alive? They don't have food or water. They don't have food or water. They don't have a map. They don't have any transportation. They don't have a vehicle. They don't even have any weapons. Yeah. They're literally stop, st- on top of, stuck on top of a little cliff. Yeah. And then we get the They've got each other, though. Yeah. <laughs> now we're cutting to a wedding. Very strange casting choice on the minister who looks like- I know. Uh, I thought that too. Weird mustache and, and then stuff. he's got like a scar and, a, and weird glasses. Yeah. Um, I was really upset that Sala and Short Round were not at the wedding- I knew, speaking of cameos, I feel like that would have been a worthwhile Soler, cameo. He turned it down. Did you read that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. He, he said he wouldn't be in the movie just to, to make one, because they, they literally wanted him in the in the wedding. Oh, okay. So and did he, I. He, he said no. He's oh, like, I'm not going to come over and make this movie just to be, he's like, my character deserves better, is actually what he said. Interesting. So huh. short round, though, he would be like, he must have been, he probably was bitter after going to the an internment camp during World War II. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. So maybe he probably he probably might have left the country. Yeah. Maybe he. I don't know. And maybe he thought maybe at some point in his older days he thought it's really weird that that rich, forty <laughs> five year old guy, like made me uh, almost uh, get my heart ripped out. I know. Can you can you imagine explaining their relationship <laughs> if if you don't know? who indiana jones is and what a great guy he is you just hear okay there's this archaeologist he secretly spends his his downtime moonlighting as a grave robber and and he hires children as as kind of uh manservants manservants. it's not even a batman and robin situation it's it's more it's not he's not robin he's alfred yeah that's right (laughs) so he's driving the cab yeah i don't know who knows what happened to short round man they just never mentioned him again hopefully there's a book about it God, I gotta find out. Yeah. Um watching it in the theater, Mutt picks up the hat and I'm going, No. I everyone was. No. No, I did yeah. too. I remember being like, No, no, you don't. Uh, yeah. Thanks. This time watching it though, I was like, Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Let him be in Indiana Jones. Yeah. I don't care. Thank goodness the filmmakers thought better of it. Well, were they did they were 
were they planning on maybe making a sequel and having? Were they having? I think Shia LaBeouf passed the torch, but it was he was like Jar Jar Binks to every like that's the reaction he got. Yeah, I think that was sort of the plan. Like they played it cautiously. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to commit to this, but we're sort of softly setting it up. And people are like, "No, this is Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, this isn't Chewbacca. Yeah." So, um, but, but then I wondered, Indy got that hat forty five years ago. Mm-hmm. Is that the same hat? He got it in 1912 in Utah, and it must have been an old hat by then. I think so he had the same hat this whole time. Or does he just like there? There's this flannel shirt that I have that's red, the kind of a red lumberjack looking one that is I've bought it five times in a row. <laughs> it's so funny because yesterday I bought a blue flannel lumberjack shirt for the third time. So right, so I mean, I get that. I'm just yeah. assuming this is his fifth same hat. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It would really, I mean, if it's not, just one, one adventure, it's going to be beat to shit. Right. I mean. They, uh, <laughs> But he is always like he, he's always trying to recover that hat. It's almost like a baseball player. You're still wearing the, the the hat, but it's a new one every game. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just his look. Yeah, and he doesn't want, and he's always like trying to grab it because like it's broken in. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to go grab a new one and have to break it in again. Well, fedoras are expensive, right? Yeah, probably. Like to get a proper one, I think yeah. that's especially one so well constructed. Yeah. Well, uh, so overall. Overall, I kind of like it. And and this is what I think. If you took this exact movie, you cut out pretty much all the scenes we had a problem with or t- at least toned them down. Yeah. So cut out some of the stuff. Make the make the ants l- just normal ants. Mm-hmm. Have them fighting around ants and they're like, like swatting their arms while they're trying to fight. Yeah. Like more of a distraction or something. Yeah. Uh, get rid of the monkeys completely, swinging on the ropes. Change the, nu- the nuclear bomb scene. Like having him get inside her refrigerator. Like, it's such a double whammy. Like, I even think the fridge might have worked if not for the laughing Caddyshack gopher. So, well, yeah, don't have and those still in it's it a stretch. at all. Yeah. I, I still, that's the most puzzling one. I, I sort of get, like, going, like, oh, yeah, let's have the, let's have the three waterfalls. But I just, yeah. the, 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 the Caddyshack gophers makes no sense yeah. at all. Yeah. Is that just for little kids or something? Ah, who knows? Who knows? Which it could be a defense. I was thinking while watching this, I'll bet if you're five years old, this movie is so kick-ass, it's insane. Or is it too scary for five-year-olds? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Raiders Raiders was too scary for me, and I watched it as a five-year-old. And it scared me, but I loved it. Literally, the actor that's the Nazi scared, I was terrified of him. And it's just an actor. Tote? The one with the round glasses. I don't yeah. know his name. He, yeah, Colonel Tote. The scene where he, especially the scene where he, he. His fancy coat hanger. Yeah, the fancy coat hanger as a kid. It's so effective. Like, oh, it's some kind yeah. of torture hook. Yeah. And it's just a little, it's just a traveling yeah. coat hanger for his jacket. Well, I, I'm glad I watched it again. It didn't make me angry. I was disappointed in certain things, but disappointed the way Indy's disappointed that Mutt dropped out of school. Right. That's a perfect way to well, put it. I don't feel like I would, like my childhood was violated. Right. And I. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it would. I, that's yeah. what I was most shocked about. I, for the most part, I was on board with mm-hmm. most of the movie. But every criticism you had is pretty much every criticism I had. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess bad Indiana Jones is better than no Indiana Jones. It's like pizza, you know? Yeah. Like and it, hearing that there's a new movie coming out, it'll have... Even if it only has one good scene, it'll still have one good scene. What? What are they going to do with with Harrison Ford? Like in this one, they're they're pushing it a bit. He's sixty four years old. Me at the time, I even thought like, 
Like, I'm open-minded, but I mean, this is like, he's an old guy. Maybe they'll just CGI him like they do with Stan Lee. Dude, he's going to be- Like Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. In 2020, he'll be 78. That's really weird. That's not 60. That's not even 70. You are freaking 80 years old. They got to get him a new sidekick then and do the- Because they're making a Han Solo movie right now, and it's a different actor. Mm -hmm. They should just have him play the, the Sean Connery role. Oh, yeah. He should be against adventuring. He doesn't want to go on the adventure yeah. and just kind of be the old curmudgeon. You know, and let's get, I mean, let's make it a buddy movie mm-hmm. with Mutt and a buddy. Mm-hmm. And then Henry, G- and then Indy as the as a mentor along for the ride. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That would be pretty cool. Because Mutt on his own, he just doesn't have what it takes to, to carry that torch. Yeah. But if you get him and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, just have Ryan Gosling being be Indiana Jones. Yeah, or Chris Pratt, but he already is. Chris Pratt would be perfect. But he's already doing it with both the, the dinosaur movie and the Spaceman movie. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. You know, the two most popular movies of last year. <laughs> yeah, I know the ones. Yeah. No, the real idea is what what they need to do is the, the brilliant idea we had is do the archaeologist rat pack. Oh, that man, I want cr- that so bad. That whole crew, have it be in 1890 or whatever. I just might write that myself. God. Be like, like going to King Tut's tomb. Yes. That would yeah. be so great. And have it be just this ensemble. It'd be like Guardians of the Galaxy, just a whole team. Yeah. And have them all do different things. Get uh, get David Tennant to kind of beef out and be Henry Sr. Yeah. It would it would be really cool. He would actually- No, fuck be- Ewan McGregor. Uh, Any of them. Dave Tennant would be much more like like Oxley, young Oxley. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd be. Who did you just say? Oh, I said you. I'm just trying to think of Scottish actors. You and McGregor like. would be great. You and oh, McGregor, he would be Senior. great. Yes. Get him a beard, just like Obi Wan. Hmm. Kind of a, kind of oblivious in his own way, but sarcastic. David could Tennant is Oxley. It could work. Get Sala. Um, uh, I don't know who would play. I don't him. know. Maybe maybe an actual Egyptian actor would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a, a Welshman or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then Ab- we don't know anything about Abner Ravenwood. Oh, and then also uh, the guy. So in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he's following the path of a guy named Foresto or Forrester. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. He's, and that's he's, the skeleton. He's the skeleton. That skeleton. Comes out. And, he can... go, and he's like, well, I made it farther than him. So he can be the foil, the bad guy, the bella. Yes. Yeah, he's going to be Moriarty. Yeah. Oh man, this could be great! This idea, I'm so excited. my imagination is just going nuts. And then, if you can't make this one, let's make the the OSS Indiana Jones, his yeah. adventures during World War II. Yeah, as a, as a spy. Yeah. All right. Jeez. Okay. Good. I feel pretty good. It's a pretty good way to end 2017. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Great way to end Harrison Ford month in 2017. The whole year as a whole. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're. Wishing you a brown Christmas. Yeah, we, we wish you a brown Christmas. And a pleasant Starchmas. We are, what's today? Today's December 15th. We're actually, uh, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi came out last night, and we're actually going to be watching it uh, in the theater for two straight weeks. We're going to yes. watch it 100 times mm-hmm. for, we're hoping it's going to be for charity. They told yeah. us to do it. Um, I sort of have the vague idea that it, maybe we're doing that for charity, uh, but I'm not sure why okay. they're making us do that, but we'll be back in January. Right. All right. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Starchmas. All that. All right. Bye.